Hey friends, welcome back to the Living Truth Podcast. This is Michael Carey, and this episode is part three of a three-part series where men from Men in the Battle are answering questions submitted by women who attend Women in the Battle. Now, if you haven't had a chance to listen to part one and two of this series, I highly recommend that you go ahead and listen to those two, but uh, this one stands all by itself. So let's tune in to the Men in the Battle men's panel. Does a man who is free from lust or addiction find his wife truly satisfying and enough? How does a wife know this to be the case since she has no idea of his eternal thoughts or or possibly fantasies? Yeah. And um, very um, common question I've heard many times. It's a huge concern. You know, after he has uh, viewed porn and and the women in porn um, models, whatever it is, it's, um, you know, there's no way to compare yourself to any of that. Um, What he is attaching to is a fantasy and it's not reality in porn. The um, everything the men do are perfect. Their, their breath never stinks. Their hands are never cold. Everything they do is the right thing, you know. It's it's a complete and utter fantasy, and it, it it's nothing like the real thing. And so, um, yes, when he becomes free and eliminating this from his life, uh, and when his spouse is the object, um, and she gets a hundred percent of his sexuality um, with no exceptions, then yeah, that's uh, that's in and living out God's design. Um, you do, you do become uh, more and more and more satisfying the farther and farther away that he gets from that behavior. Um, so yes, absolutely. Um, and, and, and it is, it, it is definitely um, possible, but I think, I think it happened. It happens over time. I don't think that it, that it's an immediate thing, but the farther that he gets away from the behavior, the more he's moving toward you and, so, uh, yes, how does a wife know this to be the case? Um, and you have, you have no idea what his thoughts and possible fantasies are and that kind of thing. Um, I want you to know in the beginning, for most men, after they put away uh, compulsive pornography use and illicit sex, uh, for a time, some images and scenes and different things can pop into the mind without our permission um it's uh it isn't something that that we can control and um so those are uh things that that uh, happen less and less and less and those images do get farther and farther and farther away from from our um, memory recall um and so yes it um how do you know that this is the case and i think that it's uh i think in in a healthy marriage where um you know vulnerability about about sex is necessary you know in a, in a real healthy thriving marriage with with vulnerability i think that this is a conversation to be had how do you know uh, but it's by talking about it and by asking about you know asking him um but you know when you when you ask you have to you know, you have to deal with the consequences of whatever the answer is. And um, so, but it, but it isn't, um, you know, for, for a wife to be satisfying enough, um, 
I, I also want to cover the possibilities in this question of, um, you know, the issue of control. Um, certainly, we want to, um, you know, we're called as uh, married people to love each other well. And, um, uh, but, you know, going um, overboard and trying to be satisfying enough um, is, is not something that I would recommend either. But, um, you know, talking about the things that you mutually enjoy and you mutually um, uh, are, are um, agreeing upon, you know, and, um, and just talking about what is it, what does healthy marital sex look like? So I think, yeah, the object is to have, to have that conversation and to be open about, about, uh, the whole sexual experience. And, um, and so asking him what, uh, you know, what would it look like to be satisfying and enough? Um, but, uh, but yes, it's not, you know, going, um, way overboard or whatever it is, wearing something nice. And, and taking a shower. I mean, those kind of things are, are fine, but, um, uh, guys who want to ask, you know, and, and insist that you look at porn before having sex or something like that. I mean, there's, there's a lot of different ways that, um, you know, I could see and, uh, and guys would, would be saying, I need this to be satisfied, you know? Um, no, he, he, he does need to work to a place to where, uh, he's satisfied with with you and just you, and and that's the way that a healthy marriage and healthy marital sex needs to look like. So it's totally possible, and and that's the way that it really needs to be. Can men who struggle with pornography remember exactly what they have seen? For example, during intimacy, can they easily go to the images that they have seen and not be present? And I, I started touching on this in the previous question. And um, so they can uh, remember exactly what they've seen. Um, they uh, and and yes, during intimacy, they can easily go uh, back back to the image. Um, and uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. In the uh, previous marriage, uh, prior to um, uh, Kristen and uh, being married to Kristen, now in my previous marriage, um, especially towards the end, you know, I would uh, recall pornography in my mind in order to uh, climax. And, and that's, um, you know, that's what I started doing. I, I, I incorporated that fantasy in, in there and, and it's a, it's a terrible thing to do. Uh, it's not the way that, that marital sex, not the way that sex at all is supposed to happen. So, um, we definitely need guys to get to a place to where that's, that's not an option. And, and it is possible as well, but, um, Yes, during intimacy, they can easily go to the images and not be present. One of the things that we recommend is um, uh, having <clears throat> having some some lighting and eyes open all the time. You know um, that you know there there are some some things that can help uh, like that along the way, but um, again, the images uh, do fade. Uh, the farther and farther away from the behavior that he gets.
What did your wife do or say that made you feel better and made you want to work hard in your recovery or stay out of addiction? Um, that, that's a, a great question. And um, I'm going to answer it in a few different ways. Um, I think the, the first thing I want to say is that not everything that my wife did or said that helped me felt better. Um, some of the things that she said and did that helped me, I didn't feel good at all when she said and did them. Um, so I, I don't want uh, anybody to get the misunderstanding that that they can help their husbands feel better about the recovery uh, or that that's their job. But there are some things that my wife did and said that helped me, that genuinely helped me. Um, one of the first things was uh, going kind of back to the previous question about shame and guilt that when I would make a confession to her, she would say, thank you for telling me the truth. Uh, that didn't mean that she couldn't feel angry, scared, hurt, frustrated. She got to have all those feelings too. But the fact that she said, thank you for telling me the truth. Uh, that's one of the things that helped me. Uh, at one point in uh, recovery, this is more recent, she actually said to me, I, I don't expect perfection, but I do expect the truth. Um, and, and that was, and that was helpful for me that, that shifted the priority for me, because if I believe she needed perfection, that tempted me more to hide. If I believe what she needed was the truth, I was less concerned about hiding and more concerned about being honest. Um, those things helped me. Uh, maybe the, one of the best things that my wife did to help me was she fully embraced the truth that she is not the cause of my addiction. Uh, I think that, that a lot of spouses, um, they hear that, but some part of them doesn't quite believe it. And, and when my wife was able to fully embrace that truth, uh, that was helpful for me, maybe in an indirect way. Um, another piece uh, was, I think the thing that inspired me most was watching my wife invest in her work. She stopped trying to do my work and she fully invested in her work. And when I saw, not only saw the work that she was doing, but when I experienced from her what she was learning, the honesty of her pain, um, uh, the, um, the, the work that she was doing, as she was able to not just demonstrate that to me, but describe, describe it to me, that made me want to do my work. Um, I don't think it was a competitive <laughs> kind of a thing. Uh, if you're going to an A in the class, I want to get one too. Uh, it really was, uh, I think, spiritually inspiring for me to see her investing in her work rather than worried about mine. Um, and, and one of the things that made a huge difference, even just a few years ago, uh, as I was confessing and we were working through um, uh, that, that truth-telling again, uh, she said to me, without my asking or prompting, she simply said, uh, I forgive you. Uh, I know how hard you've worked. I know how hard you've worked. And uh, those were things that, that really encouraged me um, and encouraged me to keep working, uh, to keep growing. Um, and she gave me the time and space to do my work. She didn't resent the work that I had to do. Um, but she encouraged me in it.
Thank you for sharing that, Brian. That was really, that was, some, that was great. Um, so the next questions we have are related to emotions. Uh, the first one is when and how does empathy begin to develop in a man who acts uncaring and is unable to show emotions besides anger? So the short answer to that is after he deals with his underlying anger and you, you are not the cause of that anger, by the way. Um, um, I wouldn't say most, I'd say all the men I know in recovery, that anger is coming from a place much deeper and much before you came into the picture in his life. Um, whether it's childhood trauma or neglect, or he didn't get what he needed or the wounds that he received, which um, that's one of the things we take him through in the curriculum. We asked him to uncover the wounds they received and uh, the things they didn't get. And um, that's generally where that anger is coming from. And when they can process that and deal with that, they can move past that anger and start feeling other emotions. And then empathy can start growing. Okay, this next one is a long one, so, uh, but, but it's definitely, it's a good one. My husband has struggled greatly with identifying and feeling emotions since his childhood, and it's been a major issue in our marriage. He is now learning how to identify and name what he is feeling and also let him experience emotions he never has in the past. He admittedly doesn't understand what he's feeling the majority of the time. What I'm struggling with is how will I ever feel secure in him saying he is in love with me? He says now that he's known he's been in love with me for the last 20 plus years, but he can't explain why. Um, I, I hear all of the fear and the pain, the uncertainty in that question. I mean, I, I really do. I ache uh, for you in that. I, and I don't know your husband. I don't know his story. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I haven't observed or heard him talk about you in a way that I could answer that question. Uh, but I, I wanted to just a little bit of my story, and, and maybe this will help. Um, when I kind of got to my bottom, I was working with a group of men and, and talking about where I was and what I was feeling, and they just weren't buying my sincerity. Um, uh, and I was getting frustrated. At one point, uh, one of the men asked me, he says, do you love your wife? And, and I answered, yes, yes, I do. And, and without my prompting, he said, of all the things you've been saying for the last 10 minutes, it's the first time you've said something and I really believe you. Um, and, and, and I'll never forget that moment. Um, that, that he could see something in me, even if I doubted, he could see that that part of what I was saying was true. And, and I know how hard this is to imagine. I really do. Uh, it is possible to love your wife deeply and to act out uh, through pornography and, and unwanted sexual behavior at the same time. And um, it doesn't make sense. It's not logical. I can just tell you that, that it's true. Now, it's not always true. Uh, there are times when men don't love their wives, 
they're seeking something different, something other, um, and uh, uh, and the unwanted sexual behavior uh, is in part, you know, attached to that. But it can be true. Um, and and remember, when when any of us were in love at 19, that was a young love. It was mostly infatuation. Uh, we weren't emotionally mature yet, most of us at that age. Um, so those things, you know, do need to grow. Um, but again, love changes, love matures, love grows. And uh, it is very possible uh, to become more and more aware of the love that you have for your wife as you become more emotionally mature. Um, and uh, 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 there's no guarantee um, that that will happen. Uh, but I know that it's possible um, from the man's perspective in terms of, of how a wife comes to trust that that's true. Um, uh, you'd probably have to talk with my wife more about that to, to get a perspective. But, um, but I know that she has come to believe it too, even though there were plenty of times when she doubted it, just like in this story. Do men ever get it? Come to the grip, come to grips to the amount of pain they have caused me and my family. Do they ever stop and consider that their acting out has ruined their relationship with their, with their family? It will never be the same. They don't trust him or respect him. He lied. Yeah, so that's a really good question. And it kind of it brings me back to the one that was asked earlier when we um, you know, the dev the village that's been destroyed and, and the guy has to climb the mountain and it's really anchored in emotional maturity. Um, yes, the answer is yes, some men do get it. Some men do grow in emotional maturity where they have the capacity to look at all of the destruction. And that also entails your family and his in-laws and the things, uh, my story is very, very ugly. Uh, when it comes to uh, my wife's family. And, um, and so, yes, but it takes that emotional maturity we were talking about. And the previous question I was talking about empathy comes somewhere along that journey up that mountain. When he starts looking down and seeing more and more of that village that's been destroyed by his behaviors, um, he starts to empathize with, with you and what this has cost you, um, not just with him, but with your family, with your children, and with other relationships. Um, but it takes time for him to grow. Um, it takes time for him to overcome the shame so that he can, and in the growing in the emotions that we've been talking about here is, those are higher level emotions, that kind of empathy where he can see all of that destruction and really empathize with it. Um, take some maturity and some emotional maturity, but yes, men, as long as they stick with it and, and they work and they have, um, and they put their heart into it, they can grow to that place to see it. All right, so these last couple of questions are about denial and addictive thinking. What makes men think that porn or sex toys is not infidel infidelity? Um, I'll, I'll try to answer that rather quickly. And 
it's because it's what he's been told and taught by the culture. Um, and uh, it goes, one of the most typical examples Michael already referred to when, when Bill Clinton said, I haven't had sex with that woman. Technically, he was saying we didn't have sexual vaginal intercourse. Um, uh, and, you know, where a man draws the line, even if it's an imaginary line, it, it's what gives him permission to act out. Um, and, and, and most guys will draw the line kind of wherever they need to, to either do what they want to do or, or hear it more subtly. If, if I believe that I'll never have victory in a certain area of my life, uh, it becomes easier for me to draw the line that gives me permission to stay there, permission to stay stuck. And I'm not justifying at all. It's just that that's what happens. And the flip side of that is when, when I believe that it's possible to experience grace, if I tell the whole truth and draw the line where it should be drawn, um, that will give me the courage to begin to tell the truth and, and draw the line where it needs to be drawn. Um, obviously, uh, we, we teach men that, you know, um, these, these substitutes for genuine marital sex are, are all in, in some aspect uh, unfaithfulness um, and infidelity, which basically is, is the same word. Um, but, but again, it, it takes a while for a man to stop believing the lies that he's been taught by his friends and by his culture, by what he sees on TV, the movies he's watched, all that sort of stuff. The culture doesn't draw the lines where we want them drawn. At what point does a man believe he needs help or what is his breaking point? I know it has to do, it has to do something with pride, but really, why do they wait so long to accept their addiction? I think, um, I think that was Brian's, but I can jump in there and say for myself, I didn't know help was available. It's not a, a cop-out, but there was two things that did it. One, I didn't know I was isolated and alone and wasn't honest with anybody and didn't reach out for help. And two, I really didn't think I could quit. I really thought this thing had me till death. And it took what Brian was talking about a minute ago, someone being honest with somebody and them accepting me before I started to break some of those barriers down. Yeah, thanks. That was my question. I, I think it really goes back to step one of the 12 steps. At some point, we have to admit that we're powerless over this and, um, and, and that we really can't change on our own. We have to tell the truth and ask for help. Um, and even that is a process. There are consequences to their actions. Do they ever consider them or is it all about them? So during the addiction, they may see some underlying, they may have some understanding of larger consequences they may suffer like divorce. But rarely have I ever known a guy to truly comprehend the consequences to other people. 
So the answer, to be honest, is yes, it's still really about them when they're in active addiction. Even the guy full of shame, time and again, it says how sorry he is and looks so broken. It's still just about his shame and it's still all about him. You're still muted. I'm sorry. Will he ever own up to what he has done? I'm sick of minimizing, justifying, etc. So I'm glad that that was asked to follow the question before because I didn't paint a pretty picture there. But uh, he can uh, own up to what he has done. Um, and when he does that, it's no longer just about him. Um, so you'll know when that happens, uh, when he stops minimizing and justifying and et cetera. When he stops doing that, then he's looking outside of himself. Um, I've watched many men own what destruction they've caused and uh, not tried to put a happy face on a sad story. Um, and I've witnessed men um, share how they've sat with their wives in their pain. Um, I know I don't know this particular story um, she's talking about, but I have seen men be able to sit with their wives in, in their pain and be present and open and make it about not about them, about something bigger than themselves um, and, and own you know what they've done. And time and time again, when I've seen that, I've seen relationships better than they were before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I know uh, one of those questions had uh, referred to pride. I think that's one one reason that uh, guys can get stuck and not accept uh, what they've done and so on. But uh, I think normally the bigger issue is shame, and the shame um, is what locks them up, um, and they they uh, they feel so terrible about it. And um, the craziness about it all is hiding it and it just just makes the uh, feeling get worse to the point where they they reach for a drug and they do it again. And uh, the, the lie is always, um, for most guys, this is the last time I'm never going to do it again or whatever, whatever. Um, but um, owning it um, is um, it. It, it's facing facing that shame and and it does take uh, a certain breaking point a certain amount of um, growth and maturity or the rock bottom that we talked about in order to really be able to face that shame head on and feel it and so what he's doing is he's trying to avoid feeling the shame that he feels because of what he's done and what he's caused yeah, and I would add that this is a struggle for men all the way back to Adam. Uh, when God walked through the garden, Adam, Adam didn't jump up and say, hey, we ate the fruit. He hid. And, and we're still fighting that battle today.